Thank you, everyone, for hitting play again on one of our podcasts. It is a Monday afternoon, and as is our practice as a pastoral staff, we meet together to uh, read the Word, to pray together, but also one of the key things we do is review the previous day as ministry, and we seek to uh, encourage one another, uh, strengthen one another, sharpen one another, give godly encouragement and criticism and we do that with the sermon also. And so we're hitting record at this portion of our meeting to talk about yesterday's sermon. Hopefully it will be edifying for you to revisit that and just to hear uh, people's comments on uh, what uh, they were helped by and challenged by, uh, maybe didn't think was clear, ways that you can help me grow as a preacher as it was my responsibility yesterday. So those are all of the things that we usually cover when we have this conversation on a weekly basis. So Yesterday's sermon was on Exodus 12, 29 through 42. That's I re- it. I don't have it in front of me. I remembered. <laughs> that's good. Uh, that's what the sermon text was. And uh, I'm all ears as to anything you brothers want to say about how the Lord used it in your life or questions or comments that you might have. We finally got to the plague proper. We did. Right? There's a lot of lead up. Yes, there is. So I think that's I think that's surprising to us. Uh I, you know, I've been chatting with some folks about the tenth plague, and hearing things like, "Oh man, we're not there yet." And then you look at the text, and it's it's really two verses. It is two essentially, verses. It's right? very short. But there's a warning, and then there's Passover instructions for God's people, and then there's the Feast of Unleavened Bread, and then there's the actual two verses on the plague, mm-hmm. and then we are back to Passover mm-hmm. and Feast of Unleavened Bread. Yeah. It's true. I may say something about that this coming Sunday. There's kind of like a chiastic thing going on there, potentially, with Passover, plague, Passover. Seems like things are being highlighted a certain way. So as you look at, like, climax, we've talked about the plagues as they pertain to sort of three seasons, like a show would have, Mm -hmm. right? So the first three, the next three, the last three, and then there's that sort of finale, that episode finale, there's a lot of words being used yes. to describe a in the lead up, the plague itself, and then the follow through. Yeah. Now, it's important. It's it is it's the climax. It's the exodus. Yes, it is. It's good for us to get there. I'm still glad that we did each plague one at a time. I think that was the right call. Yeah, uh, mm-hmm. I think that was good in the in leading up to it. So, same. I was down in uh, uh, HBC Kids right after the prayer, and so I read your manuscript mm-hmm. that you sent me. Yeah, Thank you for sending that. me that. You bet. And I sent that, <clears throat> and I read through that, and I really appreciated uh, a couple of... Uh, you, you had some wonderful turns of phrase that were memorable. Not that I can actually remember them. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. But uh, that's, yeah, that's more my own, my own memory issues. But I would say the... You had said the the con these are the consequences of cursing God's people, and yeah. these are the consequences of ignoring the way of salvation. Yes, mm. and I thought that that's very helpful. I think to understand how we how we get to such a, a disastrous moment, right? The, the killing of the firstborn. Yeah. One thing that <clears throat> interested me was when you asked for a show of hands, sure, of all the of all the firstborn males, and then all the firstborn females, yeah. because the text 
actually just refers to the firstborn, right? Right. Sure. There is a debate amongst but, the commentaries: sure. is it male or female or both? Yeah. And commentators go different ways yeah. on that front. But but what were the what was the hand show like? Like how many hands? Can you imagine, regardless sure. of age or where you are in your family now, are you firstborn or aren't you? Sure. How many hands go up? Uh, honestly, not as many as I thought for firstborns, but enough. Like yeah, there were enough hands be. up in the room, and then event when you get to the end of the do questioning, the do you have a firstborn person in your family? That's everybody's hand, right? So yeah. death touches everybody. Touches everybody, which death is comes the near. point that I was trying to make. So. Yeah, but yeah, there were a lot of firstborns in the room that would just be dead. You, yeah. I, I would be dead. <clears throat> that would be it. Mm-hmm. My yep. oldest son would be dead. They would just be, and then mm-hmm. you just keep going from there. Yeah. Sobering. Yeah, that was very sobering, and it, it was. Uh, it was a good moment of interaction. It sure. was it was a good listening point. You know, there was you know a series of questions asked, and then it was like, no, let's bring this home. Right. Like this is a devastating event. Sure. Whereas I think sometimes we're like, well, the Lord, you know, didn't wipe out the whole nation. Right. 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 And He didn't, but He did something whereby everyone was affected yeah. by this judgment. Yeah. So much so that, as the text indicates, everybody thought they would be next. Yeah. We are all going to die if we don't let the Israelites go. If we don't, if they don't get out of here, we're next. That's how serious the matter was. Yeah. Yeah. Pharaoh's um, response yeah. is is fascinating, mm-hmm. and some of the comments that you pulled out there. But bless me also. Yes. And it's like, Pharaoh, have you not learned what's going on here? Yeah. It's like, like an insurance card. <clears throat> yeah. Exactly. Sure. Get out of jail free, right? Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. It's and it's it's a precursor to you know you can see that there's no healing that's taking place in Pharaoh's heart. There's he's not budged an inch, right? And and that really foreshadows what's going to come. Yeah, he's going to charge in on the Israelite people as they're crossing over the sea. It's almost like in that moment he's saying, "Boy, this God's significant. We maybe need to add him to our pantheon." But you know that's not that's not the conclusion. That's not the right conclusion. Sure. It's certainly not what God requires. Sure. But it, it's sort of this fallen attitude. And it, it could be. I, I, I'd have to do a little bit more digging on this front. When he's saying, bless me also, maybe he's thinking, but now I'm letting the people go. Now I'm blessing God's covenant people, so I'm going to get a blessing out of this too, hmm. right? Um, maybe he knows enough <clears throat> about what has been relayed of the promise to Abraham and those types of things, I don't know. Yeah. But yeah, he's definitely thinking, uh, I should be getting something out of this now. Yeah, because I'm giving you what you want exactly. now. Yeah. I should get something exactly. out of it. Yeah, quid, even, quid pro quo. Even though uh, he's only letting him go because it's absolutely desperate. That's right. Back to the firstborns. That actually really made me think, because I think in the sermon previously, I said firstborn sons at one point or other. Yeah. That was my, it honestly, was just an assumption. Sure. So the text never stipulates firstborn male or female. People think it's sons because usually in reference, when, when we're using the term firstborn, people are talking about sons. Is that true? Uh, I, I'm pausing because I'm turning to see, um, yeah, back in 11.5, every firstborn in the land of Egypt shall die. Firstborn of Pharaoh sits on the throne even of the firstborn of the slave girl. Uh, so there is no specification there, hmm. although later when when the consecration of the firstborn happens in the next text, it does specify males. And so I think that's why some people will conclude uh, if it's only the male firstborns that are being consecrated, it must have been only the firstborn males that were killed. And because Yahweh calls Israel his firstborn son, son. 
then I will kill your firstborn son. I think that that's why some people, uh, and they're on good grounds to do that. Those are their textual reasons for concluding that it's only the uh, firstborn males. So, But some people will also say the meaning of firstborn can also include firstborn females. So mm. that's why there's different conclusions on that. I don't think it's a huge deal no, it's at the just end of the day where you yeah. come out. But um, yeah, there's uh, those are some of the reasons why people go one way or the other. Fascinating. Yeah, I did like the way in the text you 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 kept making the application to ourselves. Right. Good. God has not changed. Let's it's access the grace sure. that we have. And in fact, I was just talking to someone this morning, and um, we were talking about that we. We want to be so reoriented on what God is up to in our lives and in the events of our lives, even especially the harm, hard, painful ones, sure. that we can actually begin to, when, when hard, difficult things happen, to be actually able to anticipate what God is up to, what he is, His purposes that are at work, that He would allow such things mm-hmm. into our lives. Right. Uh, and I think that's what James is getting at when he says, count it all joy, brothers, when you suffer trials of various kinds. Right. We actually begin to so uh, anticipate God's work in our lives for good and to be transformed in the likeness of Christ and that he's up to good purposes in everything that happens to us. Like I say, I, I think God curates the events of our lives, mm-hmm. especially the difficult ones, That because this is hard. Yeah. Being, you know, I, I loved your phrase, going from slavery to sojourners. They have gone through hard years, hard decades of their lives, centuries for the people of slavery. And in the end, you know, don't forget they were tossing their boys into the Nile yeah. to be killed. They were they were making bricks without straw and being yeah. beaten for not meeting their quotas. Yeah. They were being killed. And this was just prolonged. And, and and now, even though they're being set free, as we're going to get into, they're being led into the wilderness. Yeah, ultimately, they're going sure. to the promised land, but through the wilderness where there's going to be more suffering. And so to read the Exodus narrative and then to realize that God is up to good in all of these things, how do we then anti- begin to anticipate God's good purposes in our lives when especially hard things happen, not just lament them, not just ask for grace in them, but to begin to anticipate what God's up to. That's just a profound reorientation For sure, that, that, that landed on me as I was reading your That's sermon. Good. And also to grow in trusting that the good purposes the Lord might bring about through our suffering, we might never see mm. bef- and before we're in the ground, right? You think about yeah, the good, like right. we're benefiting from the Lord's purposes in these people that they yeah. never imagined, they never anticipated, they, never, they would never have dreamed that you know, a continent away, thousands of years later, we're being blessed by seeing the Lord working in through their lives. But mm. we should trust that the Lord has purposes beyond what we can even see. Yes. Uh, and beyond the extension of our own lives, uh, he can do even that. And I think that does increase our anticipation that no, the Lord does good uh, and is up to good through our suffering. So, yeah. I think you said a que- you asked us a question, like how do you build our own confidence in God? Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. I think you said you watch him watch us yeah. and take care of us. And But I think trials help us build that confidence in him, right? It's those suffering because mm-hmm. you've seen him being faithful to you, those sufferings. And, yeah. But then, like, it's funny, like, we talk about that and talk about them in the wilderness. It's like, 
bring us back. Like we're lost. I know, like, I know. After going through all of this. Yeah. Well, I think it's a pointer to us in our lives. Absolutely. How we do it at yeah. the same time. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, all of the time that we've spent showcasing God's majesty in the plagues and the deliverance and the Red Sea is just preparing <laughs> us for, wait, what? They wanted to go back? And we'll realize in those moments when we get there how we're exactly like hmm. they are. And those are the moments of insanity, aren't they? They are. Yeah. yeah. I really like that moment in the sermon where you said, this is a bit of an excursus, and you dove into the numbers issue, sure. right? And I think what that really helped demonstrate is, I, I think actually moments like that are important. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think that they disrupt the flow of the preaching as much <clears throat> as we maybe think, because what they do is they say there are ways that we can reason through hard passages of sure. Scripture. Just because we believe in the perspicuity of Scripture and the clarity of Scripture, yeah doesn't mean that there aren't texts that our minds have a hard time wrapping themselves around. And so typically when we get to passages like that, it has more to do with our own ability to understand Mm -hmm. than it does with whether or not the text is actually really clear or faithful or accurate. Yeah, for sure. And so it was interesting when you said, here's how good Christians who believe in the authority of Scripture have wrestled with this particular text. We want to hold our view of Scripture high as we uh, wrestle through these these matters. That's great. Well, thank you. I'm glad I spent a lot of time on that. Actually, I kind of resolved that issue in my mind before I even um, was clear on what the main point of this passage was. And uh, so, and I, yeah, so I did spend a, a decent amount of time on that. And then Sunday evening rolls around and I really appreciated a brother saying, I, I don't agree with you uh, and here's why. And he started to unpack that for me. So we had some good discussion. It was sort of short change because the evening uh, felt, uh, service was about to start. I'd love to have continued that conversation, but I appreciated the way that he approached that, that he came and talked to me. And so maybe people, other people might might have different conclusions because God's people wrestle these things out differently. But I think it's important that we talk about it. We do it charitably, and we do it while holding the high view of Scripture that we all do in our congregation and, uh, and trying to sort it out graciously, faithfully, prayerfully, and uh, with each other. So, And the first thing that we should do in moments where we don't understand Scripture is not... Well, I doubt that Scripture yep. has much to say. Sure. I'm sort of doubting its authority. No, yes. no. I, the first question we need to ask is, okay, what what is the solution? Why am I not understanding yes. this text? Not yeah. why is this text not understandable? Sure. And I think that sometimes we approach it from the opposite good. side of things. And so, yeah, it was, I thought it was just a great mm-hmm. moment to hold up the high view of Scripture good. that we have here and that we want uh, all Christians to grab onto. Amen. Thanks. I also like the uh, the the pictures that you were drawing out of scripture of God as the warrior mm. uh, shepherd uh, that He's fighting for us, mm. that He gives grace to us. I love that picture of grace that you give us. That favor is grace. Mm-hmm. He's giving. He's equipping us for things to come that we do not even anticipate. Sure, <clears throat> and that that's helpful. That's I think that's helpful to think of how God is. God is, we'll often say God is not surprised, but to even think that God is equipping us for what's coming ahead right. in ways that we don't even realize. And so 
um, I, I think that that's a helpful way of thinking about how God is watching us, caring for us. And I love that you're drawing out of out of Scripture that God is a God who does not sleep. He's mm-hmm. a God who's always watching. He's always taking care. And we are never alone, and we are never left to our own devices. Yeah. We're always being watched over, equipped, and fought for. Yeah. So, com- I mean, so he, comforting. Yeah, he, he is before the, th- the throne of God right now, interceding on our behalf, mm-hmm. deflecting and, and um, pushing away accusations right. that are being made uh, before the throne mm-hmm. regarding us. And that's one of the ways he guards, keeps, protects, yep. watches, mm-hmm. yeah. So I just appreciate that that language and the pictures that it paints, and it just makes what God is doing in Exodus, and and therefore what He's continuing to do in our lives, just much more vivid and tangible. It's good, helpful picture. It's an important. Say the same thing. I felt shepherded by just a big idea, having a God that is a warrior for us, but also a shepherd. Mm. So it's good. Yeah, that whole idea of keeping. Mm-hmm. It was very encouraging. Mm-hmm. And what a way to, to end that text, that sermon. It was handed to you. It was. It was the last verse, right? Yeah. It was a night of watching by yeah. Yahweh. Beautiful. Yeah. And then to apply that to political situations, economic situations, sure. personal situations. You just go down the list. The Lord's watching. He's not, he's not unaware. He's not uncaring. He is very active, and he's shepherding. He's sure. watching. Yeah, it was very comforting. Good, and I, I needed to be comforted by that myself, and it's one of the ways, you know, you as a preacher, you want to preach the text of your own heart first. I don't think you have any business preaching it otherwise. But uh, I'm watching the news. I'm seeing what's going on um, with uh, Israel and Palestine. You, you know, you prayed, Kevin, about the shooting in Lewiston, Maine mm-hmm. on Sunday. You hear news like that, and you know, a freak accident of a hockey player, right? And people are seeing those things. And, you, you know, there's all sorts of things unfolding in the world. And it just feels chaotic. And it's like, what? Like, where do we turn? It just feels like, it, what is going on? And, you know, I whether or not this will materialize or not, but you see people like, oh, is this going to be the start of World War Three? And I realize we do this with different conflicts all the time, right? But these are the types of things that are in our eyes and in our ears, and we're seeing and hearing and worrying about. And, and uh, just to put your head on the pillow at the end of the day and know that I'm going to sleep now, but the Lord's watching, mm-hmm. just like he watched his people as they left slavery uh, so that they might be brought to himself. That's where we're going to. Okay. I can't, that, uh, uh, that's good. I, I'm, I will rest in that. I needed that uh, mm-hmm. this past Sunday, and I think we all did. And every once in a while, I will just go to every situation I can think of and list them all and try and capture everybody in the room to say that it doesn't mm-hmm. matter what you're going through. Mm-hmm. He, he's this for you too. Or could be, should you trust him uh, and, and uh, bow your knee to his son. Any ways that the sermon could have been better? One of the uh, themes on Sunday evening at the First Principles was we can always do better for the Lord. And so any ways that your brothers could help me be a better preacher after anything that wasn't clear... Uh, anything that uh, could have been helped? Um, I noted one thing. Application-wise, yep. <clears throat> I think there was illustrations, uh, but I will. I think there was a few times I was like, oh, like, hmm. like you can fit okay. an application here. For okay. It. Like, um, example, the first part where he fights for us and the 
consequences of that sin, the wages of sin is death. Sure. And then I would insert like a application for non Christians. Okay. Sure. If you're sitting sure. here, you know, Christian, sure. like, sure. This is the reality of sin. Right. That's good. Um, and then for Christians, I think um, you, you mentioned this where is our source of security? Right. And then I think we we have as sinners a lot of places where we go for a source of security. So just name some of those is yeah, what you're thinking? Name them. Good. Um, because I think it just enhances that. Because people have them in mind. It's right. like, I think our nature is like to dismiss them. Sure. <clears throat> it's not that bad. It's not that. But then when someone is. Then when the pastor says. <gasps> right. Oh, yeah. That's that's hmm. right. Okay. You know. That's helpful. Thanks, Sergey. To piggyback off of that, you're right. People do have those situations and they might even be thinking of them. So I think the list of possibilities is helpful, like Sergey said. But I also think just asking people, think about the places in your own life. Hmm. Right, right. Helping them identify in Scripture, and there are, you're inviting them in that moment to start making their own application. Right, right. Because you know your, I don't know your situation. You know sure. your situation. Where are the situations in your life where, where you can relate to this? Right. And that's where we want to know that God is watching over us and mm-hmm. providing, equipping us with grace. And right, and and you just get them thinking and in, the, in those moments of application you can just slow down and give people actually a chance to think sure i and, think the, um, the last part like yeah. god works through the night shift and <clears throat> yeah I like then, that but like Good. you're like you said like sometimes it's, it's i because god watches us i go to bed and i'm i'm okay but then you can just ask them like do you go to bed and it's like hmm. tough for you to sleep right why right, right. You know? because and then just Give, to give that structure for people to dig in on their own, I think it's helpful, but to guide them just enough in those sure. application moments. Um, yeah. Thank you. Helpful. Mm-hmm. Caleb, anything you want to add? No. No, that was great. It's good. Well, we pray that the Lord will bear fruit from the preaching of his word. And uh, it's a privilege to be able to serve in that way. Um, I'm about to go into a coughing fit so probably a good time for us to uh <laughs> to call it quits there but thanks for joining us and uh we will continue to have these conversations and as they're helpful we'll post them and hopefully you listen to them thank you brothers for your time thank you for your input thank you you're welcome <laughs>